and welcome to another episode of Assurance in Action, the podcast that covers key assurance topics, brought to you by Intertech. My name is Jessica D'Amico, and today I am joined by Colleen Moldovian, President of Intertech Business Assurance and Food Services, and Simona Romanowski, Vice President of Business Assurance Innovation. We're here to talk about sustainability in the supply chain. So the pandemic is one of the most severe health crises of our time, affecting all parts of the world. The outbreak has brought also a social and economic crisis, which will have long-term impact on top of already existing climate change crisis. How we act now is critical as we are at a tipping point. Learning from the past, we know that times of crisis also bring opportunity for innovation, growth, and renewed focus and change. Uh, Colleen, do you want to speak more to that? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I think that to build back better means to recover to a healthy, but also more resilient future for people and the planet. Uh, in 2020, there was a drop in emissions as a result of COVID-2019. So it's the largest since we've seen since World War II, which showed it is possible collectively to have a positive impact, but also to sustain long-term there is a need for systemic change, which require well-managed transition to zero carbon economy. Commitment for climate action is growing fast from various stakeholders. Uh, from a government perspective, we've seen the UK, the European Union committed to achieve net zero by 2050. South Korea and Japan recently committed, uh, China by late, no later than 2060. And of course, in the US, uh, President Biden has also made some strong commitments of late. Also, the net zero pledges by many companies and investors with targets to reach net zero by 2050. Earlier this year, Intertech was proud to announce as a corporation we've made a pledge to be carbon neutral by 2050 as well. Lastly, investors also support decarbonization with a rise in sustainable and green bonds in recent years. Implementing these commitments brings complex challenges, especially as companies begin to focus on supply chain emissions, which are usually much higher than in their own operations. Hmm. So supply chain decarbonization is a huge area of opportunity, along with ensuring supply chain resiliency and protecting the rights of workers. What are some key areas of focus in an effort to build back better? Yeah, so um, let's look first at the opportunity to decarbonize the supply chain. This has been considered by many a game changer for credible action on climate change. For example, there was a recent study by World Economic Forum uh, issued earlier this year where they are really deep diving into this topic, but they also provided a guidance for companies on key actions that they can take. Uh, and some of the ideas out there um, that were presented were, first of all, as we all know, uh, creating transparency with suppliers is very important. Um, and it's important to also set targets and to report on progress. In general, you know, expectation is that targets should be aligned with the Paris Agreement, 1.5 degrees Celsius, but also to follow science-based targets initiatives to determine how to get to net zero and the best path to take depending on the industry and sector um, in which the company operates. Another way to uh, reduce emissions in supply chain is really to look at redesigning products with a sustainability mindset, but also sourcing more strategically. Companies can work with suppliers to lower environmental impact of their products, for example, using better formulations, using alternative materials, redesigning packaging, focusing on reducing waste, pushing for recycling, um, you know, end of life of the product uh, and trying to reuse some of the products or 
supporting organic materials, biodegradable materials. So there are many opportunities to reduce environmental impact of products. Um, as well, it's important to engage with suppliers, working with them in partnership to address their emissions, but also to ensure there is alignment with procurement standards and incentives. Sometimes there is, you know, a, 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 an unbalance or misalignment between environmental and sustainability initiatives versus what procurement or how procurement decisions are made. Um, lastly, companies can engage with uh, in sector initiatives or different, let's say, certifications or industry initiatives to increase awareness, but also to increase impact across the sectors and aligning with um, different stakeholders from the same sector. You know, a good example um, of this could be the textile exchange uh, initiative, which is a, a main initiative that is pushing for sustainability in the textile sector. Um, and they have also developed and promoted a, a suite of industry leading standards on the use of recycled materials, organic materials, as well as focus on different, um, you know, commodities like wool, um, cashmere, leather, and, and others. And all of these are important, but the organization has to be also prepared. So setting the right governance framework to align the sustainability strategies with the incentives of, of the management uh, and also to empower the organization to be able to, to take action and tackle these um, this, uh, great initiatives to reduce uh, impact environmentally. Um, however, implementing this in the supply chain is really not sufficient if companies don't work to ensure supply chain resilience. And this has become definitely an increased risk for companies, as we've seen, especially from the pandemic last year. There was a recent study by uh, McKinsey, um, you know, actually that was launched last year in which they surveyed global supply chain leaders and uh, turned out that 93% of global supply chain leaders are planning to increase resilience. Um, and 44% of those would consider increasing resilience of their supply chain even at the expense of, of short-term um, savings. So, Kaleen, perhaps you can talk a little bit about supply chain resiliency, because this is an area of opportunity as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Simona. Um, as you correctly state, the supply chains are suddenly very prone to disruptions. I think cyber, terrorism, weather, pandemics have always been on the list. Uh, COVID-19 uh, was definitely the biggest disruptor uh, anybody ever expected. Uh, most companies uh, were disrupted, some more, some less, uh, based on the nature of their supply chains and how well they've been able to uh, plan for resiliency. Those with the highest trade intensity and export concentration uh, in few countries were more exposed than others. Uh, I think we see examples in communication equipment and computers, electronics, and that continues on with the chip shortages that we all read about. Uh, other many labor intensive value chains, such as apparel, were also highly exposed. In, in contrast, you can you can see that uh, the food and beverage industry was less exposed on average because they typically are more regionally oriented value chains. To build back better, companies will need to take a more risk management assurance approach in managing supply chains, which means identification and monitoring of risks in critical areas, uh, developing better models to predict risks and developing mitigation strategies to react faster when disruption occurs. Um, 
This starts with visibility and mapping supply chains and having access to the right data and intelligence. Uh, companies on average lack enough visibility across the supply chain network beyond tier one and two. So they can't see their risks timely and, and make the right decisions. Um, also, many organizations don't know where the key materials or supplies come from, whereas the suppliers, the contractors delivering, which quickly will generate an imbalance in demand versus capacity when the crisis will hit. Uh, so it is critical to know where materials and components are sourced from. Uh, there are many solutions out there using obviously technology, visualizations, uh, certifications and other type of, of uh, approaches. Uh, for us at Intertech, we uh, provide uh, services using a program called InLive, which is a software as a service uh, program, uh, which is specifically designed for supply chain risk management solutions. And we support organizations to identify and map supply chain relations uh, to the risk profile of suppliers. And therefore, uh, actions could be then mitigated and uh, prioritized as needed. So I know we talked earlier about supply chain decarbonization and resiliency, but as the pandemic has shown, um, ensuring people's safety and well-being and ensuring the rights of workers has become a top priority, or has many dubbed this the rise of S in ESG. So if someone wants to talk to that. Yes, sure. I, I, will, I will take that. So indeed, we've seen that the COVID-19 crisis has exposed um, very serious weaknesses, systemic weaknesses and inequalities in the supply chain. Um, a recent benchmark study from the World Benchmark Alliance has uh, actually shown that human rights and climate change are often treated in silo by a different organization, but climate change are peop and people are intrinsically linked. Um, and climate change will impact, of course, deeply, especially communities and supply chains in the developing world. Um, another study issued this year by the same organization was more focused on the COVID-19 uh, and private sector response. And they highlighted where businesses also have taken steps to ensure that the rights of the workers, both within their operations, but also their supply chain um, uh, during the, the pandemic. Um, and, you know, according to the study, for example, I, I will share some key uh, interesting findings. Uh, they noted that more than 60% of the companies uh, describe the steps that they have taken to protect the health and safety of their workers. You know, and that included facilitating, for example, remote working where possible, implementing physical distancing protocols, providing personal protective equipment, hand washing facilities, and so on. Um, over a third of companies also went a step further and they took some measures to lessen the financial risks and pressures on their suppliers. However, overall, uh, companies with, um, you know, robust due diligence processes in place were able to demonstrate that they were better equipped to respond to the crisis while others and still quite a, a large group of companies fail to demonstrate that their response to the pandemic was, um, you know, um, adequate, especially when it comes to the supply chains. Um, the health and well-being of people is very important for us uh, at Intertech as well. Um, for example, we launched last year an internal program called Kindness, um, which is a personal experience uh, program um, offered digitally, which helps each of us to make sure that we do the simple things that help build our own personal strength and resilience. 
and it's aimed to help us re-energize, to boost our well-being, um, and we have essentially, you know, different uh, core areas and modules that employees can go through at their own pace, and they focus on how to make connections better, how to energize ourselves, to stay positive, how to build re resilience, the power of the, the power of, of the mind and and uh, meditation, you know, and feeling supported in the work that we do. So, uh, you know, we we recognize obviously that uh, people health and safety it's it's important for us, as I mentioned within Intertech, but also we focused in terms of new services uh, and innovation that we launched last year. One of them that I want to briefly mention be, being Protech, Protech, which is an industry agnostic safety and well-being assurance program. Uh, for people, workplaces um, that can be applied in pu public sp public spaces as well and offers audits, training, um, verification and different certification solutions. It is an industry agnostic program, as I mentioned, which really provides companies the peace of mind that they can return um, uh, safely to work and that they can open safely. And during this program, we cover, we provide training materials and education um, really on the key aspects of how to prevent the spread of infection, but also, you know, uh, providing advice on pandemic management planning and other uh, important, um, you know, um, strategies and actions that companies can take. So, as we have seen, we talked, I think, about three main themes um, that we, th we see that supply chains, uh, where supply chains, I guess, have a, uh, an opportunity to contribute. Uh, to to the larger sustainability goals of organizations and really focusing on on resilience, the huge opportunity uh, to decarbonize the supply chains and to contribute to the environmental impact or reducing, I guess, the environmental impact of of many of the products and services, but also the focus of the um, health of of the workers and everyone involved throughout the value chain. Thank you both so much for your time. If you're interested in learning more about sustainability and what Intertech offers, please follow the links in the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And also, please follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.